Mikey Hizzle. I bet that was extremely hot. On the mic, Hizzle. Mm. Hey, man, we got to knock the rust off. Bro, you were talking a little last night. What did mm. we come up with? Three months it's been? Yeah. Hence the name of this episode. In a few days, it'll be a three-month little... uh. What do you call that thingy? Sabbatical. Sabbatical. Unwarranted. Unwanted. But taken nonetheless. And um, the boys are back in town. It's a good jam. It is. It's an awesome jam. That's what we should open this shit with. Done. In that note, happy recording day. Happy recording day, bro. Hey, welcome to the Unchurched Podcast, where your hosts, Michael and Sean, discuss issues of church, life, and religion. No subject is off limits, and our honesty and humor drives our discussion. We welcome you to sit in on the conversation and laugh with us as we challenge serious things. So pour your drink, kick your feet up, and let's get started with the show. been since we've belched on a mic <laughs> i know <coughs> how long has it been since we coughed on a mic bro you you got that rona <sighs> well i'm out dating myself you got that omnicron <laughs> no what i got is that flu bug that i'm finally starting to get over after uh being sick for a week Max uh, has been going to daycare and, you know, every couple of weeks he comes home with a new bug and he's normally sick for a couple of weeks at a time. And the wife is the one that normally gets the bug. But this last time he decided that he wanted to, I guess, spend a little bit more time on my lap coughing in my face instead of hers. So, uh, I got the bug this time, and she didn't, so. Yep. Uh, the bug is back in town. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I tell you, I, I got tested twice. The PCR came back negative and did a rapid home test. That came back negative as well. So, um, for now... This is the way my voice sounds. Extremely horrible. I'm just happy to be hearing your voice. I'm happy to be hearing yours and seeing your wonderful, beautiful face. So for the 12 people that listen to this podcast, or at least used to, <laughs> and might now because maybe they listen on Apple, 
and they're going to wake up tomorrow and be like, Unchurched has a new episode. What? Michael and I have also taken a friend sabbatical, almost. We I mean, is not. Don't I mean, be not dramatic. a sabbatical, but, you know. Don't, don't be dramatic. <clears throat> Dude, it's just been, it's been a nut, nutty freaking it's been it's been three months bro i'll just i'll leave it at that well i'll tell the truth then we have talked (laughs) well we've (laughs) talked but i mean hell it's been some gaps given the horror that has been the last three months of my life He's still a good friend. He's called and checked on me and listened to me bitch and moan. So you've, you've done good. You've done that for me. You've been a sounding board several times over the last three months. Have you not? I have. Thank you. I just feel like, you know, I mean, I've had my own shit going on too. And yeah, it's just. Yeah, I guess I've been less of a sounding board for you. Yeah, you suck. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to say. Good lord. <laughs> Don't make me laugh. A, a cough. Okay, Kevin Hart. Oh. Uh, <laughs> oh. Well, where should we start? The last episode aired on November 6th. And the past is in the past. Let's just leave it. I'm not leaving it. <laughs> Well, where do you want to start then? You don't you don't have to tell your story. It's fine. I'll tell mine. All right. Salute. Salute. Oh, here you go. Salute. Oh. Now I have to have another drink. Oh darn. Mm. Well, I'll tell you this. <clears throat> November sixth was our last episode. Everything was fine and dandy. November 10th, I'm outside hanging out with Corey, whose podcast only aired for like, I don't know, an hour. (laughs) (laughs) And had like a dozen plays. If that. Yeah, if that. And and then we pulled it. <clears throat> because he was one play of which I need to add was myself because he's hilarious. But anyway, it was absolutely a great episode, one of our best that we pulled. If we ever do a Patreon, that episode should be the the first episode available to our patrons. Yeah, I think we've got three episodes we never actually put out into the cosmos. That's yeah. definitely got to be one of them. That's definitely got to be one of them. Um, uh, November 10th, I'm hanging out with Corey. We're in the garage smoking cigars, drinking whiskey, having a good old gay old-fashioned time. And then around, I don't know, 10.30 or so, I get a call from the mother-in-law that my father-in-law had passed. So I told Corey... We all, we sobered up real quick. And then I had to go downstairs and break the news to my wife. And, um, yeah, 
and my wife was about to have a baby. So fast forward, funeral was on the 15th, and then our new baby girl was born on the 16th. So now we have a, a, uh, a new baby age. Mira Louise, and uh, she's a beautiful little girl. Cute as ever. Cute as a freaking button. Can't wait to meet her. I told my boy, I said, you know, I'm solving racism one mixed baby at a time. <laughs> <laughs> I have a dream. Screw Dr. King. I'm actually doing something, baby. Yeah, boy. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, the day after the funeral, we go into the hospital. She has a baby. Fast forward a few weeks, my aunt dies and, uh, she was, she's my sister's godmother and my mom's best friend. And this happens, you know, in December. So my mom comes in town, spends a week with us and, uh, then all hell breaks loose. Then my dad down in Arizona has a stroke. And his one good foot that he's got left is looking real nasty and diabetes is messing with him. And I'm freaking out thinking that he's about to die. Thank God he's still alive today. So he's well. And then, uh, few weeks after that, a couple weeks after that, my cousin dies. So my mom goes home, flies right back here with my sister for my cousin's funeral. And this was my cousin, my cousin Pat, who, you know, helped raise me as well. She's, you know, she's my cousin, but she's a year younger than my mom. Uh, so family's pretty close knit. But big age gap between my mom and her sister. And that's why she was born, you know, just before her niece. So this cousin was, you know, my big cousin. She was the first one in the family to get a college degree. And uh, she was a role model to all of us. All of us younger cousins that came after her. A lot of us went on to, to get college degrees because she got one first. You know, so she battled with MS for like the last six years. And finally, uh, MS took her. So that was really hard. And, uh, and then, you know, I went on paternity leave and was just trying to jail with the family for the last couple months. Not working. And uh, here we are. <laughs> I went back to work early this week for the first time in almost three months. And, uh, yeah, figure it's time to get back to life, get to moving again, take the sweats off, shave, and act like a normal human being. <laughs> so, it's been a rough three months over here in this household. But a bright spot is that we got this brand new little girl and we are doing our damnest to, you know, keep our hearts clean and keep our minds 
all pure, our emotions in check, and uh, and be a happy family during all this time of loss and chaos and crap that's been going on for the last three months. So, through it all, it's been like, you know, you know, prayer has been like, hey, you still up there on the throne? Yeah? Okay? Good. <laughs> move move on to the next screwed up day. Hey, you still up there? You doing something? What you doing? Are you doing something? Really? Seriously? You doing something? All right. Talk to you later. Next day. I don't think you're sitting there. You on vacation? <laughs> what the hell are you doing, God? Nothing? Something? What? What are you doing? So, yeah. And insert all the emotions. Oh, man. Up and down. Sideways. All around. So emotional, I could barely smoke a cigar. I had cigars upon cigars. I just didn't even feel like smoking. I wasn't even happy enough to, to smoke a cigar most days. Oh. So, yeah. I got really skinny. You can't tell, can you? Screw you. Bro, you got that baggy-ass sweatshirt on. Talking about being <laughs> skinny. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, you see my neck? (laughs) See that middle finger showing it to me. (laughs) No, dude, I, you know, started dropping some inches. Um, I I, kind of pressed into working out every day just to try to keep my emotions in check, you know. I, uh... I told my therapist, I said, you know, um, I am, I am using every single tool in my toolbox just to keep it together. I think I I might've told you the same thing. I I did. I told you the same thing. (sighs) One of our nights that we talked for a long time, I said, you know, I'm, I'm using every single tool in my toolbox. I mean, prayer and Sitting quiet, meditation, working out, you know, cutting out the junk, the sugars and the and the carbs and all that stuff. Just eating healthy, eating right, drinking the right stuff and just doing everything in my power just to keep the my mental faculties together. Pressing into my family. You know, talking talking more to my family, my dad, my aunts and uncles. Like I'm I'm talking to aunts and uncles that I ain't talked to in forever. You know, and, and cousins and just reaching out to everybody, just trying to grab a hold of something firm just to keep it together, you know. Doing all or using all the tricks in the book. Everything that I've learned in counseling school. Everything I've learned in church, I'm just I've been using it all just to keep it together, just to stay grounded. And so 
so I'm here. Still standing firm. Still saved. I don't have to repent because I've backslidden. <laughs> you know, keeping it together. So. Well, what made you do that, though? Because I think it, at the core of who I am, I still have a surety that I love God and he loves me. Regardless of anything else. I I never got to the point where I was cussing God out. You know, I never got to the point where I began to resent God. Thankfully, uh, I pressed into him, you know, because I not only have I been taught, but I truly honestly believe, <coughs> excuse me. And, and, and frankly, when the rubber hit the road, I had to rely on what I know works. It's, it's not just principles that I've taught while I was in the church or stuff that I've counseled people that have come to me with their issues. It's not just words that I've said. These are things that I truly believe that are important to live by. And in my darkest hour over the last three months, I've had to put them into practice. And frankly, it was easy to put them into practice because they're principles that I never lost. No matter how long I've been out of the church, no matter how long we've been away from the four walls, those truths remain true to me. And I knew that it, it was the only thing that was going to save me in my darkest hour. So that's why. That's why I did those things. You know, I believe in prayer. I believe that prayer works. I believe that prayer is an ongoing conversation that never has to end. God will never say, can you shut up? You're talking too much. God will never say, okay, I got to go to my next appointment. Can you wrap it up? You know? And I know that about God. I know that that's not something that I have to be concerned about. I know that at 2 o'clock in the morning when the baby is screaming and the wife is nudging me, telling me to go down to get a bottle ready, warm it up and bring it to her so she can feed the baby, I know that, you know, as I'm walking down the stairs, I can still hear God's voice because he's not sleeping. You might be sleeping. You know, my brother might be sleeping. My, my mother might be sleeping, but God is not sleeping. And so I know I can say something and, and I can get a response because the relationship has not been broken. And so... There's been a, 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 an increased level of sobriety, and I don't mean, you know, not 
not being drunk. I mean, being sober in my mind. <clears throat> there's a, there's a, there's a, a, a newfound sense of sobriety where because I practice these things that I talk about, my mind is quiet and at peace in the midst of the chaos. So, that makes sense? Or am I just rambling? <clears throat> yeah, man. The former, not the latter. <laughs> yeah. I just wanted to ask you, because, I mean, you know, we're just humans, and humans are listening to this, and, you know, I don't know. Like, you've been through a lot of stuff, and, uh, you know, basically a compacted amount of time. And I know like conversations that we won't get into airing your shit out on here, but just like hearing you when we have spoken and the decisions that you're making, I just remember thinking like, I mean, honestly, I don't know if I would be in the right mindset to make the the good choices and to do the good habits because it's so easy when you're going through shit to just be like fuck it man don't give a shit yeah and then just go down that hole you know and then so many different things could have been so different so I mean, I think it's awesome to hear, you know, your take on it and yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely have had, have had my share of weak moments, you know, I've gone off for sure. I've gone off, I've gone off on the handle and I have, man, I, I've, I had some toxic moments, <clears throat> but they were just moments and I, I didn't let it, I didn't let it linger and last. You're right, man. At the end of the day, I think that, you know, life is about choices. You know, granted, we are emotional creatures and emotions are super important. They have to be owned. They have to be admitted. They have to be spoken out um, in order to be able to process them and to overcome them. I'm a big believer in that. I, I truly believe in getting out all your emotions and all your feelings. But once they're out there, once you've put them out there into the ether, I, for one, am, am not trying to bring them back in. You know, like Shrek says, better out than in, I always say. <laughs> uh, I can picture that big ogre grabbing the onion and picking it up, taking a big old bite out of it like it's an apple. <laughs> and then belching. <coughs> better out than in, I always say. Donkey is like, oh, Shrek, you nasty. 
That stinks. Donkey. Yeah. Well, Nito yeah. gang. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, hey, you had some happy times. I'm sure you had you had some rough spots too. Um, yeah. Yeah, my uh my grandfather's not doing well at all. And yeah. that's been very tough for several reasons. One being that, you know, I'm in Illinois and he's in Florida and money ain't growing on trees, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. traveling is not really, I mean, I got a, I got responsibilities and anyway, and I know it's tough on his wife and the family and that's just I mean it's every day is a, a new kind of struggle and unfortunately you know it's kind of one of those things where the end is not near it's like waiting outside his door <laughs> yeah it's present and uh yeah you know it's tough and uh, other things that I'm not going to air out on this podcast without my wife being here with me. But yeah, you know, just between some of that stuff and then hell, got really busy in November. <laughs> just didn't seem to stop and which, you know, not complaining. That's awesome. But yeah, there was always something. And I mean, I'm not trying to sit here and woe is me. And I don't think you are either. Cause we, you know, everyone's got their own shit. Mm-hmm. It just, it's weird when things happen so close together and, you know, uh, life is cray. Cray cray. No doubt about but, it. Yeah, we've had some some good good stuff as well and we celebrate those things and we hope that 2022 is going to be mo better cuz 2021 <laughs> overall wasn't that much better than 2020. Right. So right. uh good lord, man. Yeah. Which you. this whole COVID shit, I mean, I don't think either one of us want to talk about it, but it's just now there's new variants. I mean, there's been two new variants and every variant that comes out is worse than the other. And now it's just like, kind of like we were talking about last night. I feel like the powers that be are just like, yeah, everyone's going to get it. Take the shot, don't take the shot. Get sick, don't get sick. Wear a mask, don't wear a mask. Fuck it. (laughs) Yeah. You know, and it's just like, what is going on? 
but it still is controlling parts of our our life and that that in and of itself is just so strange like working from home more dude it's winter right now we're getting a snowstorm at 4:45 it was freaking pitch black cold as shit icy snowy like stuff's shut down it's just like what do you do in your days like the other day i woke up and i just i don't know what hit me but i was like i need to do something different because i'm in the same six rooms all the time this is the one i pee and poop in this is the one i go to bed in this is the (laughs) one i work in this is the one i cook and eat in you know, and it's just like, I got to go outside. Like, I just literally went outside the other day just to go outside for a second and just breathe in some air that's not like HVAC'd and just like look at a tree and listen to birds, which I'm kind of weird like that anyway. We're like, I don't want to say that stuff gets me off, but it, it kind of resets me, you know? Like if I'm just always looking at screens and videos and microphones and my phone and like keyboards and then like the same pictures and plates every day, I just, I start to be like kind of depressed in a way. Yeah. And that's a whole other level on top of like, I mean, even the shit you just talked about, dude, like imagine if like we weren't in this whole COVID crap. And you had to work, which I know you were on paternity leave, but prior to that, you weren't. I mean, it's just a whole other dynamic, you know? Yeah. We're, we're not yeah. out and about as we used to be. And mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just like the, the longer that time goes by where, I mean, my wife and I both work from home. We're literally here all of the time together. And it's not bad. I'm not saying that. It's just like. It's just. I don't. It's not. Is it mundane? I don't know. It's just different. You know. Yeah. And there's times where I think I catch myself like. Maybe sort of. Not getting like super depressed. But like going down. That road a little. And I'm just like. All right. Let's redecorate a bathroom. I don't know. Let's like move a plant. Can we like, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? Like, oh man, I haven't done this in a while. Let's do that. I don't know. Just to like break some of the monotonous stare at this wall, sit in that chair. Sure. Hopefully that makes sense, but. Oh, it does. It's just, like I said, it's another layer of, of what we're all collectively going through in our own lives anyway. It's just, you know, Mm -hmm. and even Mm -hmm. the whole wearing a mask thing. Like I I don't, I, there used to be times where I forgot a mask. I haven't forgotten a mask in I don't know how long. It's just what I do now. Yeah. Sometimes I forget I have it on and I'm like outside pumping gas and I'm like, why the fuck do I have a mask on? (laughs) 
Like one, there's no one around me. Two, I'm outside. <laughs> I just it's a part of me now. Isn't yeah. that strange? Yeah. Oh, it is. Oh, it is. So I guess that's my little rant. Yeah. Well, I, I think the you know to piggyback, it, it's that time of year, right? Where seasonal depression disorder uh, is rampant, given the fact that the days are so much shorter and it's so much colder outside, and um, you know n- night falls very quickly. Um, that's extremely depressing for a huge portion of the population. Um, combine that with the fact that you know we're still in this air quotes pandemic and it's so politicized and it's such a divisive topic Um, you know emotions are high it's just very difficult to to deal with it when it's all kind of put on each other put on top of each other so you know and I frankly you know, to my earlier point, I just don't think that the majority, the masses, have the tools available to them to use to help their situation mentally and emotionally. Uh, as evidenced by, you know, last year or, you know, in 2020 when this thing first started. You know, the government was subsidizing, pretty much paying for, you know, clinical therapy for anyone that had insurance. You know, because they knew that this was going to be a big deal on the human psyche. Um, you know, we're relational creatures. We need each other. We need to be able to communicate and touch each other. and and this thing has forced us into a place where, you know, people are afraid to shake your hand. You know, I mean, 50 years ago, a man meets another man and he refuses to shake his hand. That man is ostracized for the rest of the relationship. (laughs) You know, all the interactions will be strained just because you didn't shake a man's hand and look him in the eye. Those days are gone. Now everybody is like, hey, how you doing? Give me a fist bump. A fist bump? I'm sorry, that's not cool. You know? Um, it's, it's just been a sucky situation. It's been a sucky couple years, regardless of the last few months. Uh, but there's light at the end of the tunnel. I truly believe. So, yeah, I mean, it's got to go on, you know, it has to, man. Life has to go on. No doubt about it. I think that we're, we're being forced to be a little bit more creative. We interact with each other, you know, like it's tough having two COVID babies, (laughs) you know, it's really tough. You know, the kids not being able to have interaction with other kids. 
you know, depending on where you're at, you know, they, they don't want your kids hanging out because they're afraid that your kid's going to have COVID and spread it to the rest of the population. <laughs> Dude, it's a whole other generational dynamic too. It, like it truly is. The interact, like the way these kids are, <clears throat> I mean, literally just born into a pandemic where life is drastically different. Yeah. And yeah. they're used to zoom and video and, audio and screen time more than ever before more than ever yeah not only yeah. that like you know hand sanitizer this and yeah i mean <clears throat> if you removed the whole covid delta omicron bs they would still have the screens and the games and, you know, all like technology and life is moving forward. You can't stop that. Sure. But this whole dynamic is just, it, it's crazy. Yeah. I guess to, to me and to people who are older, because you think is, you know, growing up, you <clears throat> did, you weren't thinking a, a 10th of this shit. No, let alone it's just oh yeah that's normal man going to the store i gotta gotta wear my mask oh i'm getting on a bus where's my mask no when i was a kid especially in the winter time like this my biggest concern was finding a plastic bag to wrap around my shoes so i can go outside and play football in the vacant lot across the street because I knew that if I messed up my shoes, my parents would beat my ass. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, uh, you know, I'm scrounging around the house, running around the kitchen, looking for plastic bags so I can go outside and, uh, and play football. Man, I, I remember those days, you know. Obviously, I mean, I had boots, but. You can't play football in winter boots. Bro, you, you're no. bringing up football. <laughs> Woo! Wow, no, nope, nope. I don't even want to go there with you. Because I already know what you're going to say. You don't know what I'm about to say. I'm going there, bro. I don't know where you thought I was going, but here's where I wanted to go. First off, my national champs, side note, wearing the shirt right now. Yeah, Go Bulldogs. Go Bulldogs. And I ain't no bandwagon doucher either, okay? No, you're not. Been sitting on that yeah. team for years. Even when they sucked. You still and I am them. so glad we finally got one. Yep. Yeah. They deserve Kudos. it. Coaches, Kirby Smart, all of them. Let me just say uh, to the public that are listening to this podcast, Please keep in mind that we haven't recorded in three months. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, recent football. That's where Super I don't Bowl care be coming up, bro. Yeah, I know. I know. 
bro. I thought you'd I'm be a sorry. little excited. Your boy Stafford's no, going, man. No, it ain't, he ain't my boy. Okay, as a as a Detroiter, let me tell you the sentiment around Detroit. Majority of sports fans in Detroit are not all that happy that Stafford is going to the Super Bowl because he didn't do it with the Lions. And I understand that nationally people are praising him and and kissing his dirty draws, saying, oh, yeah, he's out of Detroit. He's, you know, finally getting the respect that he deserves, air quotes, all that. Listen, man, we understand in Detroit that the team sucks, <laughs> okay? We understand that it wasn't all Stafford's fault. That the ownership also sucks. And I'm sorry, I, I live five minutes away, ten minutes tops from the Ford Mansion. Okay? I get it. I'm sorry, Ford family, but you suck as owners of a team. <laughs> And you have screwed over this franchise with your good old boy mentality of hiring these people that kiss your ass and think that you're the greatest thing since sliced bread because you're the, air quotes, Ford family. I'm sorry, you have made dumb decisions for the last 50 years of your ownership of this team. And a lot of the suckiness of the Detroit Lions rests on your shoulders. That being said, Stafford is not absolved of, you know, his suckiness on this team as well. Because in the height of the greatness of this team over the last 12 years that he's been the quarterback, he had Sue on defense running the defense. He had Megatron, a Hall of Fame freaking wide receiver. He had golden tape. He's going to be a Hall of Fame freaking tight end. You know what I'm saying? You, you, you had all of these huge weapons. And you never were even able to win a playoff game. Mind you, in 12 years, you've only been to two. And now you're about to play in the Super Bowl. Everybody thinks he's the best thing since sliced bread. But the fact is, is that he left a sucky team and went to a great team. Jared Goff, our current quarterback, they traded places, right? He was the Rams quarterback. Jared Goff also took the Rams to a freaking Super Bowl. I'm still so a Stafford he, fan, bro. Yeah, you can be a Stafford fan till you're blue in the face. I uh, thought he was ahead. great in Detroit. That's where I first, I mean, obviously when I lived there and I started watching the Lions a little more with you guys, I was, yeah. Yeah, I never thought he was great. <clears throat> I thought he was good. I thought he was a middle-of-the-road quarterback. I thought he had some skill. I thought it, his off offensive line always sucked and, and was never able to give him a real good chance. Um but the fact is, is that his opponent, the Cincinnati Bengals, who haven't won a playoff game in 31 years, 
<coughs> they're also going to the Super Bowl. And um, Joe Burrow is the first second-year quarterback to ever get to the Super Bowl. That's a huge accomplishment. I think that's an even better accomplishment than Stafford finally getting there after after 13 years. Well, yeah. I mean, that's not even an argument. And Joe Burrow is working with less talent on the Cincinnati Bengals. His offensive line sucks so bad that in the NFC Championship game, right? NFC, right? No, no, AFC. AFC. AFC Championship game. Or, or the, the game before that, he got sacked 11 times in that playoff game and still won the game at the end. That's the most sacks ever in a playoff game. He got sacked 11 times and still won the game. I hope and I pray that if, if I was about to say, if the gods are real, <laughs> I'm not Egyptian. <laughs> But if there's anything holy, I hope that Joe Burrow wins this Super Bowl because that will be more uh, impactful for the game than Stafford winning after 13 years. I'm on your side with that one. I'm not on your side with the Rams losing because I'm a player follower when it comes to the NFL. I don't have loyalties to a team. So I'd like to also see my boy Sonny Michelle get up, get a ring. You know what I'm saying? Sure, sure, sure. Because he's I a he's a bulldog, bro. I follow my peeps. You know what I mean? I get you. I got you for sure. Yeah, and and you know what? I know I sound like a Stafford hater. I'm really not a Stafford hater. I think you I are, just... and I don't think you can talk <laughs> anyone out of it. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not a Stafford hater. I'm just not impressed. That's all. I haven't been impressed in, in 13 years. I'm not impressed now. I'm just not. I'm not impressed. You're not impressed by an athlete? You crazy dude. No, I'm not impressed. The fattest mofo on that field is healthier than me. <laughs> <laughs> That's impressive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess. You know, I'm the guy that was rooting for Brady to win. And I, I was a little upset that, that they lost. Um, but, you know, the team just didn't play that good. It just is what it is. They didn't play good. They hadn't played good the last three games. You know, so. Yeah, now he's supposedly retiring. Maybe. I don't know. He hasn't said it himself yet. So, you know, I agree with his his agent. His agent is like, hey, everybody shut up. Let's just wait for him to say that what he's going to do. You can have all the speculation in the world, but, you know, let the man speak for himself. And he I- hasn't come out and said anything yet, which means to me. That he hasn't made a decision yet. Well, when it was first announced, what was it? Friday or Saturday before uh, it was supposed to like come out as a thing. And it was like, oh, did you hear the rumor? 
Brady's going to retire. And I'm like, did he come out and say it? So I'm with you there. Yeah. I mean, you know, if anything, I would say he probably should have retired after the last Super Bowl that he won. You know, retire on top. With a man like him, with an ego that large, and as competitive as he is, I would think that he would want to retire on top. I would think that his pride is so hurt right now for losing to Stafford and the Rams that uh, that he wouldn't want to retire. He'd want to give it one more one more go to see I, if he can get it again. I kind of I kind of am there with you, man. Like a lot because he is very competitive. At least I mean I don't know him. I'm sitting here talking about this man like we know him. But dude, he was just at the barbecue last week. Come on, damn, bro, you ain't flying me in for that shit. <laughs> um, I actually don't think I'd want to meet him. Really? See, I would. Well, what am I gonna do? He's, he's a Michigan man. Come wow, on, dude. you really man, are tall. Avengers. Wow, those are some huge ass rings. <laughs> <laughs> all right man well do you like hot dogs i don't know we don't i don't know who you are really you know what i'm saying that'd be weird to me well if he did show up for a barbecue there's a good chance that he would bring giselle with him mm. i think that it might be worth a visit from <laughs> you. I, i'm just saying just real talk oh my god are you actually tom brady yeah Where's your wife? <laughs> <laughs> she is she here? <laughs> Somewhere she's just you know. Uh, got some vegan food here for. Her. <laughs> yeah. Shit, what was I, I saying? Know. Oh. Uh, I don't know yeah. his his you know true intentions, but yeah. no knowing what I've seen, I'll just say that. And what I do know about him, I agree with your opinion because you would think someone like that, who's that competitive and that strong of a leader, you wouldn't want to go out on, I don't want to say a failed year, but no, I mean, dude, what has he got? Six rings. Yeah. And this is going to be your last year because you didn't get another ring. I mean, come on, dude. What other athlete? You know what I'm saying? He's also, he's also 43. You so? Know? I mean, how, mu- how much longer do you think he's going to be able to compete at that old age? Dude, he's got three more years. Two. Pro- probably, but, you know, the average time in the league is like three years. It's really, really low. Like, he's a very, very old veteran. He's just so fucking good. I don't not want to see him play. I, I agree. 100%. Literally, he could go anywhere. Dude, I felt the same way, and I'm dating myself, but I felt the same way as a kid about Joe Montana hmm. and, about, and about John Elway. You know what I'm saying? 
when Dan Marino retired. I felt that way. I mean, come on, I can keep going. When Primetime decided to retire, I was shook. On another note, I can't stand Patrick Mahomes. All right, that's the end of this podcast. And um, unfortunately, Sean So you're a huge is, Mahomes fan? So unfortunately, Sean has suffered a head injury towards the end of this podcast and is no longer available to finish. Brian's saying he's not good. I just, I can't take him. I can't. Why? Sometimes I feel like he's, he's dodging and twirling and it's like, well, why, why are you doing that? Okay. Why are you twirling, bro? Let me, let, let me tell you my feeling when that dude's five yards away and you're twirling. Why are you twirling? When Brady finally decides to retire. The, the the next super team that we're going to be seeing is Kansas City Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes. He's going to be the guy to beat. When Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady retire, the only person that they're going to be talking about in the league is Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow. Maybe Stafford might be in the mix. He might be a cool number oh, five. Oh yeah, you're trying to no, I, trying no, to be no, a Stafford no, fan no, again. No, 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 I'm not. I'm not. I, I'm going to tell you. Here, here's going to be the lineup when those two, when Aaron Rodgers and and um and Brady are gone, the conversation is going to go like this. It's going to go: Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Jimmy Garoppolo, um. What's the guy from Buffalo? Uh, Josh Allen. Josh Allen. The league is going to be those four. And I think Stafford is going to be a lonely last five. That's going to be, those are going to be your five top quarterbacks. And then because out of the five of them, um, Stafford is the oldest. He's been around for 13 years. He's going to eventually drop off because all he does is listen to his wife all day. She's going to want him to retire soon, and so he's going to be retiring soon. All she's going to do is get sick again one more time, and he's going to say, all right, I'm retiring so I can take care of my wife. Wow, you genuinely have a disdain for this man. (laughs) It's like on a personal level. (laughs) Bro, that Buffalo game, though. Buffalo game was hot. Oh, that was one of the best games of the entire year. Dude, we've had a lot of great football. This has been the year of football. No I mean, about it. It, it's seriously like, okay, who is controlling this? Yeah. 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 Like, there's no way you can just have back to back games that are like literal shock and awe Stunners. nail biters. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, Big Ben is going to be retiring this year probably too, right? Pittsburgh. He's He's got to get out of here. So you got three giants that are going to be retiring. I feel like Aaron Rodgers may have needed to just pull the trigger and not, not play this year personally, but 
I think he's done, man. Dude doesn't he's give a shit about Green Bay, and it's kind of obvious. Yeah, but like... In Pitts- my stupid opinion. Yeah, well, like Pittsburgh, Green Bay fans are diehard. There's like a 20-year waiting list for season tickets for Green Bay. It is hard to get tickets to that game. 20-year waiting list? 20-year waiting list, bro. I got to fact check that later. Yeah, you go ahead and do that. They literally put season tickets for Green Bay in their will. Families are grandfathered in. There's a huge waiting list. That stadium is packed. Every single game, even when they sucked. That's another one. When Brett Favre retired, that was very hard, man. That was rough. Yeah, that was rough, too. I'm telling you, dude, it it is very, very simple. Mahomes, (laughs) Burrow, Josh Allen... What was the fourth one that I said? I don't remember. Yeah, I don't remember either. <coughs> well, that's it, man. Stafford might even be a six if I can think of a fifth. Like Lamar Jackson in Baltimore. He's solid, too. He's a young quarterback. I think he's only in his fourth year. You know, he's an excellent quarterback. Uses his legs. Oh, I said Jimmy G. Jimmy G was number four. Garoppolo. That's right. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to think of all the friggin' QBs. But even uh, even Arizona's quarterback, he's going to be a monster once he friggin' gets an offensive line and starts, you know, taking care of himself a little bit better. He's going to be great. So I will put him before Stafford, too. Stafford would be a strong number seven. Bro, we get it. You don't like Stafford. It's fine. (laughs) If you let me keep going, he's going to drop down to number 10. (laughs) I don't even think he should be playing. (laughs) I'm telling you, dude. Mark my words, man. Well, either way. Uh, Okay, you know what? Let me be honest with you, and I'm going to tell you this honestly on this podcast. Don't nobody record me. Just please, all right? Don't get me in trouble. Don't get me canceled. One of the reasons why Detroit has such a hard time with him is because Kelly Stafford keeps going on Twitter and trashing Detroit. That sucks, man. You can't be complaining. You can't be complaining about the city. Like, don't, don't do that shit, man. You know, we're from here. We can complain. But don't you complain now. If I'm not mistaken, Stafford is from Georgia, right? I don't actually know. Oh, my God. You don't know. Why would I know? Why wouldn't you know? If he's a bulldog, I'm going to be shocked. And then I definitely am going to be rooting for the Rams 100%. And you can go eat a bag with all your staffer hating. 
Okay. Oh, my God. In the final regular season game against Georgia Tech, Stafford completed 24 out of 39 attempts of 407 yards, five touchdowns, setting a personal collegiate high, high for passing yards, touching in a single game. 45-42 loss. He still lost the game. Stafford's a bulldog? Stafford, the former five-star prospect from Dallas, started for the Bulldogs from 2006 to 2008. Well, that's why I would going Before going number one to the Detroit Lions in the 2009 NFL Draft. No, how did you kidding. not know that? How did you not? I figured that as hard as you were sucking on Matthew Stafford's tit, that you knew that he was a bulldog. I had no idea, bro. God, I <clears> swear <throat> to God, man. You never cease to amaze me, Sean Dizzle. You never cease to amaze me. You, you're talking about, oh, I don't follow teams. I follow the players. I'm thinking like, okay, yeah, well, that's why you love Stafford so much, because you're a Bulldog fan. You mean to tell me that all those years of Stafford playing for the Bulldogs, you weren't paying attention? It was two years, bro. It's three seasons, bro. You said 06 to 08. 06, 07, 08 season, all three seasons, he played the quarterback for he didn't get drafted until 2009. He played three seasons as the quarterback for the Georgia Bulldogs. How did you not know that? I wasn't a Bulldog fan back then. Oh. I'm going to have to go back in this podcast and I'm going to grab the clip where you said, I'm a lifelong Bulldog. Well, I am as a fan now. <laughs> All right. I mean, I see what you're saying. I'm eating the shit that you're handing me. I All right. I accept All right, cool. it. I feel as ashamed. Eat it. I should you know. Should yes, you should know. I I just thought, you know, you're a big bulldog fan. You lived in Detroit for a while. You you're talking up players. You're talking up Stafford in particular. I, I just Yeah. All right. I genuinely everything I said prior to this part of the conversation that's why i like stafford watching him play in in uh detroit i had no no freaking clue he was a a bulldog and and now you know that is awesome battle it is awesome all right well we've been talking for an hour and i need to go to sleep because you all Sean's a bulldog. He loves mm. Stafford, man. I don't love Stafford. <laughs> Shoot, I love Sony right. Michelle. Give me, give me your, uh, give me your prediction for the Super Bowl. What you got? Because you got L.A. versus Cincinnati. Cincinnati are they're going to come in as major underdogs. They've been underdogs this entire season. And I almost want to go for that. And watching watching both teams play in the championship, 
Hmm. I mean, I, I want to say the Rams, and you already know the reasons why. I, no, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what to say is going to happen. What I want to happen is have a good freaking another football game, and it come down to the last seconds. I want to watch some good football, and I want two good teams who have fought their way there, <clears throat> and there's probably sports nuts that are cursing me right now because I ain't a sports nut. <laughs> I'm just like a sports hobbyist, if you will. I think they fought their way to where they're at. They deserve to be there whether you want to s- swallow that pill or not, and I hope that they. it's a good game. I hope it's not a shutout. Because well, I I would hope that the Super Bowl is just as intense as the playoffs have been. You know what I mean? Yeah. I that being said, I think I'm going to be rooting for the Rams ultimately. All right. Well, so. But I, I do like- also appreciate your your outlook on uh, what's his butt the QB. Joe Burrow. Burrow. I wanted to say Horo, and that I knew that was wrong. Yeah, Joe Burrow. Yeah, LSU, man. They they won the championship the year that he got drafted, uh, picked up by the Bengals. They they won the championship, man. And uh, he led them all the way there. He was an amazing quarterback. Um he he was uh I was about to say, you know, he won the championship and he was a Cy Young winner, but not Cy Young winner. What do they call it in uh what's that highest award in college football? Heisman Trophy winner. You know, like the dude is amazing. Um but currently, right now, the spread <clears throat> Rams are favored by four and a half. So they're predicting this game to be close. I mean, they have to win by at least five in order for you to win. And then um, over-under is uh, is it's at almost 50. It's like 49, 49 and a half. 49 and a half is the over. 48 and a half is the, is the under. So you're talking about a low-scoring game. Three touchdowns. Which hopefully touchdowns that means each. you're talking about a good game. Yeah, <clears throat> I mean, if you if you're talking about three touchdowns each, the problem is that Bengals they they haven't been, you know, they haven't been doing good as far as touchdowns. It's a lot of field goals they've been doing, and um, you know, it might be hard for them to score especially with the Rams defense because if I'm not mistaken uh yeah I am mistaken I was I'm not going to say what I was about to say um but they got great defense for sure and they got a great offensive line which is why Stafford's been winning and uh Bengals have a terrible offensive line and their defense is Good, but not great. So, you know, 
Rams favorite minus four and a half. <clears throat> I'm pretty sure in the next week to 10 days that that, that, that number is going to change. And the over-under is probably going to change too, you know, most likely. So we'll see. We'll see what Vegas has to say. Either way, it's going to be a great game. That is the hope. Do you have plans for the Super Bowl? Are you doing something? Um, no. No. No big plans, bro. Well, I got a, a buddy from the Cigar Lounge. Uh, he's uh, He hosts a Super Bowl party at his house every year. <coughs> and so I'm going to head out there to go see him. And uh, a bunch of guys from the lounge are going to be there. It's it's usually a good 20 guys there smoking cigars. They cater food, drinks, and desserts, everything. It's food everywhere. You know, uh, get a nice mani petty. I get it. They start at, they start at one o'clock. The game doesn't start until six thirty, but all the guys get there at one o'clock. They all start placing their bets and everything. You know, doing all their squares, picking their numbers, and all that stuff. And you know, it's it's always a good time. I don't think I'll get there at one o'clock, uh, but. I'll get there early enough to have a good time, have a few drinks, eat some good food, then watch the game. So I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be very, very exciting. Word. So. All right, um, man. Good chat. Yeah. I hope you guys enjoyed uh, us catching up three months later. And, um, I think it's safe to say that we're back on the saddle, so we're going to keep this thing going. Uh, check us out at unchurchpodcast.show. Email us there, Instagram, Twitter, everything is there. Uh, drop us a like and a comment. Share us with your friends if you like the conversation. If nothing else, we hope that uh, we hope that you know we give you a little bit of brainless activity for a little while while you're doing whatever you're doing. Cutting the grass, shoveling the snow, <clears throat> kicking the dog, feeding the chickens, whatever it may be. But uh, why is it gotta be animal the, abuse involved? Uh, I'm part of PETA, can't help it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening. We love you long time. So long. We love you. Uh, Peace. Peace.